next next week you don't go to Canada. Two weeks. Next week. Sunday. Okay. What do I think? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty pretty sure I go to Canada on Sunday. I have been. It'll wrong. work itself out. <laughs> I've, I've been wrong about those things before, but sure. No, pretty sure. Pretty okay. Sure. Yes. Canada. Here I come. Yeah. Fort I guess McMurray. So. Then Calgary. Then Cranbrook, British Columbia. I just had a calendar thing of the podcast, but you had canceled on it for some reason, but it was still on my calendar. That makes more sense. Okay. Um, I move into my new house a week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow. So what's tomorrow? Wednesday. Wednesday. Wow. Next Wednesday. I know. Oh, that's great. I'll be in Canada. Yeah, you're going to be in Canada. You don't have to worry about me. I'll, I'll sign off on your day off. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, I will say that the timing is immaculate. Mm-hmm. And maybe I feel that way every time you go out of town. And I don't, I don't mean it in a negative way. Oh, that's that's such a nice. I I nice really thing to say. I really mean it very positively. Yes, he's gone again. Well, <clears throat> my schedule is awfully often dictated by your schedule, which is fine. I think plenty of people who work at Buildwit are yeah. their schedules are dictated by your schedule. My schedule is dictated by my schedule. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> your personal schedule is dictated by your work schedule. <laughs> Shit, man. And yeah. but so when you're gone. It's a little easier to like work in my life into my work and my work into my life a little bit more, Mm -hmm. which I understand that that's a little bit of like a privileged place to be because plenty of people don't have that kind of flexibility. But so I'm glad that when you're going to be gone, I can work in working with the move in process and vice versa. See, the, the funny thing is when I'm gone, I'm working more. Than when I'm here, you are. So, so. well, but it's also it's also a different approach, different too. vibe. You're kind of like, do you feel like when you come back from a trip, you're getting to things you've n- neglected? I don't think you're not like no, you don't it, neglect. It's this, but. it's this weird. Uh, it's it's like I, it's like I didn't go on the trip. It's like I just go to my other job. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like when I'm traveling, I'm missing out on my day job there are some things that i need to do mm-hmm. i mean i'm very frequently on my computer on the hood of a rental car sure very frequently but i try to cut out as much as i can while i'm traveling just because i'm traveling so i'm on planes or whatever it yeah. is so you no know, talking on planes my cell service a lot of times sucks i'm in a coal mine and i don't want to be talking to somebody when i'm in a coal mine i gotta be present And it's more cool to look at a coal mine than to be looking at your phone at a coal mine. Yes. Yeah. So I, I I look at it almost like two completely different jobs. Well, and that's what everybody wants. Two full-time jobs. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's when I, I tell people, yeah, I live a very unsustainable life. They think I'm joking. I'm not joking. Well, yeah. And you, you spoke about plenty of bits. I can't do this forever. I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Everybody is the is the I'm vibe, not upset. <laughs> is the vibe uh is the vibe at the office any different when I'm gone? I don't think so. I, I want to instill more fear. I want people to be fearful when it I'm is here. interesting when I come into the Shaking office. Shaking their boots. If if we don't have a podcast scheduled and I come in, I do find myself almost like trying to locate you. And I don't know if it's just 
if I know Aaron's here, does that change something about what I'm going to do? I, I can't even speak to that. But I do find myself, if we don't have a podcast scheduled, I'll almost walk the long way to my desk. Mm. Just to be like, if Aaron's here, he might want to talk about it. I don't know. I, I can't explain why, but I almost always do that. Yeah, I... If we do have a podcast, I know you're here, so I'm never going to go find you. Correct. If, if I'm in town, and I'm, I'm, I'm here too, I typically don't leave the office. Mm-hmm. And I'll be here... You know, from six thirty, I typically live like around three thirty four. Go. You're home, getting here that early. Work a little bit. Yeah. When you're in town. Yeah, six thirty in the morning. Um, because I'll cook breakfast. Oh, that's I'll right. I'll do a little work. You do some life stuff here. Then I'll cook my breakfast. That's and right. I'll go back to work. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I don't work that hard. Come on. Yeah, come, come on. on. Be. Let's be serious. Yeah. Um, but it's I yeah I try to I try to limit any kind of having to go anywhere else when I'm in town because mm-hmm. I need all the hours I can get in the office working on office stuff if you're in town for like a full seven day period how many hours do you think you're spending at the office i mean a full day every day every day that you're in yeah i'm in every day i'm here every day i'm in town i'm in the office Mm -hmm. i do think that kind of makes sense more than you know that's obviously not the expectation for anybody else who works here at build it but because there is such like a personal connection for the space for you. I mean, obviously you put so much actual thought and planning and strategy into the space too. Like it is going to feel a little bit more like yours and an exciting place to be in than say other people who were just like where they work. Well, I wanted, I, I, I built it to be a place that I want to be at. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, so here we are. You build it for I, other I, people to enjoy, but also you really want to enjoy it. Yeah. And I, 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 that's, that's why I'm here all the time. I, I just like being here yeah. and I like being with the people that we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the weekends, I'm here a little less now than I was before when I, since I moved, cause I really like where I live now. Yeah. That place is sweet. So I'll hang out at home a lot more too. Well, and I think kind of the way your new place looks, it kind of looks like a baby build it office a little bit. It's all brick. brick. Yeah, yeah. Old building. That's just my... My it's a cool vibe. Yeah, you can't you can't replace it. You can't you can't get that with new construction. You can try, and I've seen people get close, but if you if you to get close, you have to be really focused on the details and do it right. And most people don't do it right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in Germantown where we are, there's the that big Worthen. Not even. Like the word loft. It's like a bunch of them. Yeah. It's a bunch of different buildings, but they're all really old. They all yeah. kind of connect a little bit. I mean, those are high demand places to live. I looked at because of their too. really old and cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just can't get that with a new place. Because the damn apartment developers came in and wrecked mm. everything in town because they're like, you know what? We're just not going to get the dollars per square foot. We need to go build new garbage. So they built new garbage. And they've built a they, lot of new garbage. That they, they overcharge for and people pay for it. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. The rental market in Nashville is uh, not ideal for those needing to, to rent a place. No, but that's what you get when you're living in a happening place. I would agree. I See, everybody complains about economic growth because, oh, the traffic or this and that. But it's like, I didn't see you complaining about your home going twice in value like or you know i'm speaking generally you know not no, you specifically about myself but but yeah but there's it's like you've benefited plenty yeah and you're just glossing over all of that focusing on the downsides when ah I, like you've made out pretty well here too mm-hmm. so i get it i get the frustration 
But also, it's not like you didn't get anything. Well, yeah. For most people. Some people don't benefit. There are people who, and I guess who I think of in that case are you know the folks who essentially get priced out of where they live mm-hmm. because like the next round of, of rent or whatever, it's like, well, the market is so much higher now, so it costs this much to live here now. Yeah. And it's, if you are an owner, I mean, obviously you just don't see that same kind of value growth. That's just part of it, but I'm sure it's very frustrating, mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we don't need to debate the the ethics of uh, landlordship of here on Dirt Talk. Rent control. Yeah. We, don't, we just don't have to. You know, It's not rent control talk. It's Dirt Talk. I, f- I follow a fake entrepreneurship page that just makes fun of entrepreneurship pages. I oh, love it's, it. It's so funny. Okay, what's it called? Because now I need to know. Um, it's like entrepreneurship like you can send it to me yeah. next time it pops up yeah it's it's okay. it's entrepreneur spelt wrong oh i love I, it, it. It's, I'm it's, in. it's really stupid but i i appreciate it mm-hmm. and one of the running jokes is make sure you tip your landlord <laughs> for how much they do for you uh, and i'm like that's so stupid but also kind of funny there's an there's an east nashville page um and every once in a while somebody will post something that's like you don't understand how hard landlords have it and they just get roasted. <laughs> and it's just so much sarcasm. A lot of comments on like, but what about the landlords? It's like, okay. Like, you clearly did not read the room when you made this post on here because they get killed every time. Yeah. Make sure you tip your landlord. Make sure everybody. to tip your landlord. Yeah. They're doing a lot of work for you. Let yeah. you live there. They're doing the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Dirt talk. Dirt talk. Build with. Build with dirt stuff. Dirt talk studios. Welcome back. We're here. I'm Alex Horton. That's Aaron Witt. Yeah. So to go to Canada next week, Canada should be pretty cool. I'm, we fly into Fort McMurray, uh, someplace I've always wanted to visit. Mm-hmm. Not high up on the, if you look at like the top 10 places to visit in Canada, I'd be pretty surprised if Fort McMurray made it on that list. Sure. If, if at all, like there's on no any, any list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's just, it, no, not the place. However, one of my top places I wanted to visit in Canada, because it's one of the biggest mining markets in the world. Mm-hmm. So. What kind of mining do they do there? Oil sands. Mm. So the primary uh, product is heavy Canadian crude oil. Then to get it, it's not by drilling. It's by mining. Because the oil is within the sand. So they mine the sand. They wash the sand Mm -hmm. and the water separates the oil from the sand. They discard the sand, reclaim the land, and they get oil as a result. That's a much heavier crude oil than a lot of other places in the world. Obviously, you've simplified the process for the sake of the conversation. Yes. But that even sounds more simple than maybe other ways of getting oil. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's much simplified, uh, but... Other oil, you don't have to mine it. You drill. You drill for And it. you fracture, yeah. which is, I mean, the, 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 the drilling and fracturing process today is, is wildly advanced. Sure. It's amazing what they're doing. They're drilling way down in the earth vertically, and then they go horizontally even further, and then they deliberately b- break the line, you know, using charges to, to bust it open, and then they flush water and sand and a little bit of lubricant down in there at really really high pressure and it fractures the rock and then out comes the gas and oil it's 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 a wild process mm-hmm. uh this is just big shovels big trucks moving dirt 
Yeah, it's it's kind of like a a, a nice way, I think. The, the like an alternative. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about the environment or anything like that. I'm just talking trucks moving dirt. Yeah, it's my my speed. So I, I just want to see it. I want to see what it really looks like. It doesn't historically have the best. Uh, the environmental groups haven't been super stoked about it. Sure. So it has a pretty bad. It it has a black eye. Okay. Which is unfortunate because then the mining companies have just forbidden any kind of press whatsoever. Sure. And so no one knows. Because it's it. not worth it. Yeah. If it- and now, like, the, and the hiring problem up there, gnarly. Really? N- crazy what these companies have to do to hire people up there right now. And it is all just a wage war mm-hmm. and the wages are ridiculously, it's, it is, it is wacky. Um, and especially with oil where it's at, they're like, because <laughs> You're a little limited on oil production when it comes to drilling because mm-hmm. you don't you don't just bring wells online overnight. You have to go drill them. You have to go fracture them. You have to build the infrastructure. Whereas with mining, it's a little bit different. The more material you move, the more oil you can produce in theory. So there's a lot of years and this is such a capital intensive oil production process that they need the barrel, a barrel of oil to be, I don't know, it's like maybe I'm and I'm speaking on my ass right now, but roughly like $60 a barrel, which is way higher than West Texas typically needs it to make money. Mm-hmm. So they have hemorrhaged money, hemorrhaged money years prior because they've invested so much into these operations. It's more expensive to shut them down than to keep them running at a loss. Yeah. So they've run at a loss for quite a few years. Now they are printing money hand over fist. Okay. So it's like you want to get as much material through the plant as you possibly can because that means more dollars in your pocket. Somebody's pocket. In somebody's pocket. Not my pocket, but somebody's. Not my pocket. Uh, typically, soulless investors. Sure. Well, you know, if you're making money, you're the bad guy. That's what they say. Yes. Um, so Fort McMurray, really, really excited about that. Really cool. Then we go to Calgary, see some work in Calgary. We're going to see Finning Cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the cat dealer up there, which I'm really excited about. Then we go over up into the Rockies, down into Cranbrook, through Banff to see our friends at McKay. Banff, ugly place, not even worth really enjoying while you're there. Joking, by the way. That's, we'll just be driving through. Hey, there, I, I'll, I might stop. To that is one of the best places to drive through. That's for sure. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. So. Banff has been on my uh, to-do list, we'd say. Uh, in terms of a place I would like to travel. My friends went up there three years ago and I was supposed to go with them, but I was working. Go figure. How dare you? So couldn't make the trek to Canada, which was a little sad, but here I am going for work. Yeah. Now your work pays for it. Your boss. What an yeah. Idiot. <laughs> yeah. Now my boss is a sucker. For it. Yeah. It's travels a perk, man. <laughs> I have it so good. Well, I do have a good. You but, do have a good. Yeah. But also, that's it's hard. It's also a running joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see the uh, vlog content that's going to come out of this one. I think it'll be a good one. It's actually a good one. I don't, I don't really know how it's going to end up. I don't like going to Europe earlier this year, or going to the Middle East earlier this year. I knew going into it. Yeah, this is going to be pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. This one, I'm, I'm optimistic that it's going to be pretty damn good but i have no idea it's sure. more of it's more of an exploratory visit hello canadians what you got build what is here show us your dirt 
Well, I feel like there has been a lot of interest, both from people wanting Build It folks to come to Canada, as well as people are saying, like, you should go see this stuff in Canada. Yeah. I've, I, I, we have a lot There's of people been a lot from of Canada that. That, that listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. yeah. that follow us online, that have said, come up to Canada, man. There is a lot of dirt up here. So here I am. I'm on my way. We'll see you guys soon. Meet and greet. Meet Calgary Chilies. <laughs> this week, Wednesday. The Calgary Tim Hortons. <laughs> be more clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tim Hortons. Is, they probably have chilies up there. They probably have chilies. They probably do. If they had Red Lobster in Dubai, I was gonna they say. for sure have chilies in Calgary. <laughs> the Texas Roadhouse in Dubai, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Lobster in Texas oh Roadhouse. Oh, my gosh. They probably have a chilies in... I'm sure they have a chilies in Dubai, too. Yeah, good for chilies. International brand. But now... There's another international brand on the market. That's Buildwood, baby. Buildwood Build International. Worldwide. worldwide. Do, what is it, what do you have to do to be an international company? I haven't figured that one Are, out yet. Do you have to have employees in multiple countries or just do work in multiple countries? I think we just do work. Well, then I think we're an international company. So, yeah, we've done, we've done work internationally yeah. from a, a photography video standpoint. And now, Build With Training, our software product, is in... Certainly in multiple countries. Yes, in multiple countries. I think Australia, Australia for sure, Canada, for sure, mm-hmm. and maybe another country. So we're in at least three countries there's been interest right with the UK. I don't, I don't UK, know where we are at the end. Maybe yeah. New Zealand. Oh, yeah. All good places. Oh, yeah. So I need to send some teams out to those places, you know? Well, this time Australia, I hope to go out to early next year. Oh, nice. Because they're on the whole opposite season game. Mm-hmm. So winter will be summer we'll go there. Go see some summer work. And I've heard summer in Australia is just gorgeous. Rick, I've heard it's the worst time to go. Very gnarly. But I'll be there anyway because yeah. I love to. I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, and your good friend Jimmy Starbuck lives there. Yeah, to go see Jimmy because he visited me this year. So mm-hmm. it's only right if I go visit Jimmy next year. The problem, the problem with, the problem with Canada, and Australia, and all these other countries. The more you see, the more there is to see. So you go. I start looking at what I want to go see in Canada, and start to realize, oh my word, I can't hit all this. There is a this is a big place, yeah. and there's a lot of cool stuff here. So the reality is, it's going to be a lot of trips to actually see what we're hoping to see. Well, that's like when you go on a trip that's multiple cities and. When you when you get back and you're telling somebody about it, it's like, yeah, I could have done that whole trip just in the city A. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. And I, I think that's pretty typical, not even just with our work, but I think specifically to our work. It's that's that's the that's the trouble. That's mm-hmm. that's the most frustrating thing about my life is I want to I like all these people reach out. Hey, come to my job site. Hey, come to I want to go to and all these like, jobs. That sites. would be amazing. I can't. I, I would love to go see you and your backhoe. Yeah. And I'm not being sarcastic. I would love to hang out with you and your backhoe. I wouldn't want nothing more than that. However, there's all this other stuff out there and I need to somewhat prioritize it accordingly. But also there's just only so much time in a day. And there's only so much time in a day. Yeah, that's it. I mean, how it is. Well, a lot of exciting stuff coming up. I'm excited to hear about that trip. I feel like we'll have um, some good stuff for the Dirt Talks when you come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got a theme for us to chat about here in the Dirt Talk studio today. Right. Ready for it? Yeah. Theme for today is public work versus private. Ooh. So fun. That's a good one. So 
we've had uh, on the Dirt Talk po- podcast plenty of folks who focus on only doing public work. We've had plenty of folks who only do private work, private projects. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess the most broad question that comes to mind for me is why to, or, no, actually before that, do companies typically do both or is it mostly you kind of pick one or the other? Most companies do both. They do both. Okay. Most. Okay. Yeah. I do. Uh, when we're talking to CW Matthews, do they mostly do public works? They do all public work. All public work. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you go up, so the way it typically breaks down is mm-hmm. if you are way up a big, big, big company, a lot of times you're typically more public work because that's where the multi-billion dollar projects are. Yeah. You're not going to go build a billion dollar driveway. N- no. I mean, the, see what, but but what has changed the game a little bit are all these manufacturing plants. So like the TSMC semiconductor plant, you know, that's a 15, 16, $17 billion project Oof. in Phoenix, Arizona. And that's private. That's private. Well, <laughs> the government's sure. kicking in a lot of yeah. that. They're not writing a $17 billion check, but, but don't worry about that. It's lots of jobs. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Ta- you taxpayer, you're getting screwed, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But that's technically, yes, private work. Um, so that has tilted the scales a little bit, and it seems like it's only picking up, especially prompted by COVID, because people have started to recognize mm, we should probably build stuff in our country, because when trade routes get shut down and other countries get shut down, that really screws us over. Yeah. Newsflash. Turns out. So we are ramping up our own production capacity. I think it's overstated. All these plants are fantastic, but it's the manufacturing capacity here is nowhere even close to what it should be. You can't make a dent in that yet. No. So general rule of thumb, the much, 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 much bigger infrastructure companies are typically public works. Okay. That's where the multi-billion dollar contracts are. On the other side, the smaller companies are typically private because that is the the natural place to start out. Kind of like an easier club to get into. Residential construction. Yeah, you don't need the 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 resume. There's not all the paperwork and overhead required and bonding to yeah. go get into public the public sphere. And then you start to get a little bit bigger. And then the natural progression is typically you start to do both. And most companies, a lot of companies in the middle, they end up with a blend of both. Okay. Sometimes they're all private. Sometimes they're all public. The ones that are all private are the ones that are, it's really good when it's really good, but that is a tricky place to be in at the same time Mm -hmm. because then you get a little dependent on the market. So when the market goes down, if you're just working for residential, for example, now what? So the, the reason why a lot of companies in the middle split between public and private is because they're essentially hedging. No, no matter where the market is, they'll we always know have, where to get, get they'll have work. work. Yeah, okay. correct. Because your backlog with the government, all of that has been appropriated. You know, the budget's there. So it's not like the government. I mean, sometimes the government can say, well, we're not going to do this right now, but that's rare. That's for design changes yeah. or permitting, whatever it is. So your backlog from your, your private sector is or public sector is pretty strong. Private, it's pretty strong with the good companies. 
But in theory, a private company could pause their work at any any one time. Yeah. And and maybe they can't do that. Maybe that ends up in, in litigation or whatever it is. But now you're now you're litigating against Amazon or whoever it is. So you know we're a big who home wants builder. to do that? Yeah, Dr. Horton or I don't know who that would be. But um, so that's kind of your your spread. Okay. So then, typically, the benef- the benefits of getting into public work are just that the projects are typically bigger. They're um they're typically bigger there's always public work say the market goes down it's government suspending yeah my mom works for a a county engineer and nothing changed with what they, they were yeah so it's it's, it's a little bit more stable mm-hmm. uh it's just it's just good consistent work okay and 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 there's no right formula like a cw matthews they're 100 percent public work because that just works out for them. Yeah, we know companies that are 100% private work. Great. It's working out for them. Great. Okay. Awesome. Um, what are the downsides then of getting into public work? It's way, it's, it's the margins sometimes aren't as good. It's sometimes more competitive. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. The administrative burden is a lot more because mm-hmm. you need to you need to manage all the paperwork and the pay apps and the permitting and there's there's a lot more there. Typically, um, in public work, you're dealing with the public a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're building a highway, you know there's you see a lot of the public. There's cars and and there's a lot more there. Um, so it it's there's a lot of hoops to jump through. Yeah. Uh, you don't get paid as quickly typically. So sometimes you're carrying work for 30 60 90 days a lot of times pretty often yeah you gotta you gotta fund your own work yeah yeah you have to bond your projects so Mm -hmm. you need significant bonding capacity if you're bidding larger work Um, a lot of it's alternative delivery well not a lot of it but some of it now is alternative delivery so you need a resume to even get in the door you're competing with much bigger companies a lot of times like a kiwit you know or a floor or somebody with much deeper pockets than you Mm mm-hmm so and who can afford a smaller margin in the first place, right? Yeah, they're designed, like the companies are equipped to go build a job like that, build a billion dollar job. Mm-hmm. Um, so And so then, but then there are certainly some companies who would be like, I just want to avoid that racket, not for us. Yeah, maybe they have a good thing going in the residential construction world, for example. They're just going to blow and go. Mm-hmm. I, it, 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 again, it's every single company has a different formula. Okay. There's no one formula. Oh, if I were a contractor, I would do this. It is, it's all over the board, but typically it's a blend. Typically it's like a 60, 40 blend in one of two directions. Like I can get some of this work this way and that works for me and I can get some of this kind of work this way and that also works for me Mm -hmm. and that's just what we do. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting to me. You know, I, I feel like obviously CW Matthews is one that I thought of when uh, Dan Garcia, who was on Dirt Talk Podcast, go listen to that episode, when he was talking about, you know, it, it is all public work. And I think I just had never really put together that, like, well, at a certain level, most private projects just are not going to be as uh, lucrative as larger public works. Just because... Well, but you have to look at it. You know, revenue does not equal profit. Mm-hmm. So sure, there's a lot more potential revenue on the 
public side of things, but the profits not. Well, it costs there. so much to do it in the first place. So and it's almost all, it's almost always low bid. Yeah, and and so it's it, it and there's again there's a more of an administrative burden there, and uh, the government's not necessarily going to be working with you if things go wrong. Um, so it's just a, it's it's a different kind of work. It's a different kind of owner, and then. You know, the world that C.W. Matthews lives in, they're in a DOT space. So that's kind of the big government. Yeah. But you could go work for a small uni- municipality, you know, doing water line repairs, you know, small you know, $20,000 job for the government. Um, or you could do, be doing job order contracting for the government where, hey, we're going to guarantee you $500,000 worth of work this year. And whenever the government calls you, you go out and fix stuff. Just go do it. There's all different. There's there's. There's a spectrum of government work, or you can just work for the Army Corps, or you can just work for the Water District, or you just work for the power company. Um, there's there's different tiers to even government work. Fun. Yeah. When you're talking about low bid, basically in public work, it's you're you're saying it's almost tip, almost always low bid, or is low bid straight up? Almost always, except for the really bigger complex projects now. The really bigger complex projects will typically have a design build or construction manager at risk or something else that kind of makes a proposal process. Okay. So it is you you are you a price the price is factored into it, but there's also um, qualification. It's all it's also qualifications based, but most private work is low bid. So here's this road. It's the engineer's estimate is twenty million dollars to go build this road. And here are the plans. Okay, everybody, we're opening the bid on this date. So have it in at this time, this date. And then <clears throat> they you submit the bid sheet and you do weeks worth of work, you know, maybe six weeks worth of work, eight weeks worth of work, and eight other people submit their bids. And the low bid out of eight is $23 million. Great. So that whoever that contractor is, $23 million, you get the job. Straight up. Yep. And everybody else loses. Is there with public work? Is there a law that sets the low bid thing? Yeah, it's it's stipulated. Is that federal law? No, I mean for federal projects. For federal yes, projects. Yeah. Okay. Again, you have state projects, you have federal projects. Sometimes state projects are funded federally. Yeah, it's it, okay. There is no. It's it's different. Every every state, every county, every city. Every everywhere is different. Woof. Okay, thanks for talking about that. That's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was at all helpful. Yeah, just kind of reciting very basic information. That's well, probably all completely wrong. Well, but I think that um, I like when we talk about a a variety of uh, tiers of information here on the podcast because you and I are not the experts, but we do bring in a lot of really smart people to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, you know, our Thursday episodes, it's people who are like typically like right in it, have a lot of like that, that high level experience and high level uh, information to share. But I also I find it interesting to have uh, maybe a little lower conversations for people who are just getting into this, but are kind of wanting to learn about, you know, what are some other moving pieces of the dirt world? So. Well, even I, I live in a really unique place because I get to see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. I get to see the work and I get to see the how the work comes to be on the other other side of things. Yeah. But a lot of people out in the field don't understand how the work originates, what the bidding process actually looks like, how long contractors have to carry most of the costs of a project. Yeah. It's wild. You're playing banker. 
the whole time, sometimes tens, hundreds of millions of dollars. And then you get into litigation and then there's, you know, oh, well, this, you said the soil was this, but we started digging and it was actually it's that. not that. Yeah. yeah. And so who's responsible for this? And <laughs> there are so many, there are so many issues and Ugh. things to consider. And hey, we have to go put our road in here, but the power company won't get their damn poles out of the way. Can you call the power company? Okay. Power company's coming in a month. You're like, a month? So what the hell do we do for a month? And now you're sitting on your hand. It's just Ugh. nonstop issues. Yeah. Nonstop issues, nonstop coordination, nonstop meetings, the nonstop joys, emails and documentation. And, and then you have to take a picture of everything, you know, in case something does end up in litigation and some lady does walk out her house and say, after you're all done, you cracked my damn sidewalk. What the hell? And then now you have to go dig through the footage of, I hope we have a picture of this damn sidewalk to prove that it was cracked before we got here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that kind of stuff. That's just crazy. That's just one of the things you got to think about. That's yeah. why, you gotta, have, that's why uh, you gotta have a lot of people doing a lot of different things for projects like that. A lot. It takes a lot of people to make a project go. Well, if, well thanks for talking about that. Uh, the public work versus private stuff. Mm -hmm. Interesting to me. Yeah. I got two questions for you. Oh, good. First one's from Christopher. It's a very broad question that we don't have to answer all the, all the pieces. What are the pros and cons of joining a union? I don't know. This is, this is one that's not even worth getting into. Okay. If you're in a union area, go join the union. That's just how if it is. If you're not in a union area, don't join the union. <laughs> like, that's really as simple as it, as it, as it is. Okay. Like, if you're in Chicago, yeah, you're going to go join 150. If you're in Phoenix, Arizona, you're going to be non-union. Like, that's just... That's just how it is. That's how it is. And if there's both, yeah. go talk to people in both, make that decision for you, what's best for you, and then go run with it. And if one, hey, this isn't right. I actually want to go join the union. Okay, great. Hey, uh, the union's not for me. I'm actually going to go non-union. Great. I don't, the, the us versus them mentality only screws the industry. Mm -hmm. And I am to the point now where it's like, why even talk about what is better? Because it isn't one versus the other. We're all in the dirt world. We're all like together here. And yes. And there's the reality that, yes, the unions are very strong in some areas. Yes, the unions are fantastic in some areas. There's other areas where unions don't exist. And that's fine. Everybody seems to be doing just fine. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can you can look at the benefits of union and the and the apprenticeship and the training and you're, you're going to have work or so on and so forth. So there are benefits to being union. There Again, there are benefits to being non-union. Sure. Just weigh the pros and cons. And what works for you, if, what you need. If you even have the option, which a lot of people don't, it's typically predetermined for you based on your area. But if you have the option, weigh the options, talk to some people, make the decision. If it works out, great. If it doesn't work out, go in the other direction. But it's all the dirt world at the end of the day. Yeah. So when you're talking about like Chicago, for instance, like you, you basically just can't get a job doing that kind of work if you're not in the union? Well, Chicago's a, a great example of a, just a really strong union part of the country. Mm -hmm. They have 150. They have a few other unions there that are just rock solid. Yeah. With, with They're monster unions with tens of thousands of members, big training facilities. Um, and and although I've talked to a lot of those guys there, they love it. It's fantastic. It's a great see a lot of value out of it. They're that. really cared for. They're paid very well. They have, they have you know this great pension and there's some really, really phenomenal benefits to it. Um, so, and, and going non-union, I mean, you can try to go non-union in Chicago, but it's not even worth it. 
because the unions are so strong there. Mm -hmm. Um, It just limits kind of what you can do outside of the union. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But again, I'm just, I'm tired of, of, of this or that it's, it's, they want it to be binary. They want it to be fighting amongst ourselves, but that's not, that's missing the point that only screws the industry. We're trying to develop the workforce. We all need to be on the same damn team, Mm -hmm. union and non-union. It shouldn't matter. If you move dirt, you move dirt. And if you're part of the union, great. Like that's fantastic. And if you want to be proud about it, great. That's one thing the union has done really well. The pride is unmatched. Um, but it's just not worth getting into what's better than the other because in reality, you can't make that distinction for everybody. Everybody's mm-hmm. different. Because what's better for you isn't better for me. Everybody's different. Everybody's in a different area. So it's a case by case. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Christopher. Appreciate it. Uh, I got one last question. This question kind of made me laugh a little bit. From Joey, he says, has Aaron ever given any thought to holding any offices in government, local, municipal, city, state, federal, et cetera? Uh, No, I wouldn't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. But I we've started. If we're actually going to go develop the workforce, we're going to need to get into government. Mm -hmm. Um, So there will eventually be hires made to focus on the government side of our business. Sure. From a policy standpoint. And if you're talking what's in the strategic interest of a state or federal government, infrastructure is as strategic as it gets. <laughs> yeah. um, and no one has a no one has a, a grip on mm-hmm. this workforce problem. So I think what we're bringing to the marketplace is going to be of great strategic importance and interest to local governments, to state governments, to the federal government. And we're going to start to push on that, but we need to get into a position of strength. We need to have some traction sure. before we move further in that direction. So are we going to get involved in government? Absolutely. I think that's the only way we solve this problem. And I think everybody needs to get involved in government mm-hmm. right now because it is yeah. messed up. But at the same time, I would never. Are we going to run any candidates? Probably not. Yeah. Is there any kind of lobbying be being done for infrastructure like i don't even really understand so much yeah what do you think the infrastructure bill was do you think that just magically appeared no but i guess i guess my no. curiosity is that any of the lobbying that's currently being done for infrastructure for like things that directly affect the dirt world as we talk about it who is really like to benefit in the current model of like you know who's lobbying can you speak to that at all i just like wonder like with the infrastructure bill obviously like it, if it was truly all just infrastructure that benefits the, the dirt world but like a lot of it is not well, directly infrastructure first and foremost politicians and then the sure. lobbyists they're the ones that benefit the most okay. frankly yeah it's I, I i can't i can't stand that part of the government mm-hmm. I, it's it's just so it's so frustrating um and then the contractors getting the contracts, and then the local, and you know, and then the people yeah. of eventually the recipients the of the infrastructure, because yeah. that's what infrastructure should be for. It should mm-hmm. be for the well-being of the communities, not for self-serving interest. The problem is all like we could spend as much as we want on infrastructure, but we don't have the capacity to build the infrastructure. So all all of this is 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 let's spend more, spend more, spend more, spend more. But that's not the problem right now. You have DOTs pausing billions of dollars in infrastructure spending. 
because they're not confident the work is actually going to get done. They don't have anywhere to spend the money in a way that they know it'll work. Well, they have the money to spend, but they're just great. If we put this out to bid, somebody's going to bid on it. But you need multiple contractors bidding on it. But the multiple multiple contractors can't. They don't have the capacity right mm-hmm. now. They have record high backlog and they're slogging through it right now. So we need to think more critically from a policy standpoint on how we develop the workforce. Because if we don't figure this out, the whole country, the whole country is screwed. The whole country. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Everybody. Last time I checked, all politicians like to take shit and like like to have it go away. That doesn't happen without the... They like to flip those lights on when they walk in the They office. like to flip the lights on. They like to use the internet. They like to drive places, fly places. None of that happens without infrastructure. We're messing around right now. And there needs to be something seriously put in, put in place from a policy standpoint to start reversing, reversing that direction. The reason why the colleges are so strong is because of the federal, federal aid program. Mm-hmm. That's, that was an unlimited tap that was turned on to the college higher, higher uh, education industry, and they've taken full advantage of it. I don't blame them. As they should. But how long does that go on for? Trillions of dollars in debt that's just completely outstanding with no plan for it on how it's actually going to get repaid. You can never discharge it. The only kind of te- debt you can never get rid of, which is wild. Mm-hmm. So you, you just have all of this potential debt probably never going to get like at what point at what point does that get solved like at what point do we actually incentivize people to go get trades you know go pursue trades and and go create real skills and even just like even the scales a little bit because it's so favored in that one direction Mm -hmm. because the federal government has backed the student loan system and that's not the whole reason i'm way painting with a very broad brush here but you offer a trillion dollars in money well, no shit, you're going to start to completely sway things in that direction. Mm-hmm. Woof. A lot of government talk on this episode of Dirt Talk. It's, you know, the government is the industry's biggest customer. Yep. Which I think is great. I want the government building the roads. Yeah, should be spending a lot on <laughs> infrastructure. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to have to pay every time I have to drive out of my driveway. Nope, sorry. You have a swipe toll at the end of your driveway? Yeah, swipe your card to get oh, onto this road. Man. Um, I like that it is a public, you know, utilities should be public. Yeah. It should be a public service. Uh, but it's also really broken and really flawed. And there's a lot of corruption. Well, and, you know, like you said, uh, to make the dirt road a better place, that's certainly a place that we um, will enter into in, in the future. But we're focused on kind of what we're doing right now, too. Yeah, but we don't make the dirt road with that. A better place without getting involved in government. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. Well said. Well, thanks, Joey, for that. Um, short answer, Aaron is not going to run for office. Plus, your whole life's already on the internet anyway. The vetting process would be easy. Yeah. Vetting in the opposite direction. Ooh, shoot. We do not want this guy. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, turns out yes. we actually know all we need and we do not want him. Big oof. Got it. Uh, well, I think that is a Dirt Talk podcast, my friend. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you have topics, send them on over to dirttalkabillwood.com. If you haven't checked out the Billet vlog, search Aaron Wood on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Full bore. There was a new podcast drop. Or, uh, there was a new vlog. Vlog. Vlogcast. There was a new vlog published today about... Oh, it was about a speaking gig. Oh, yeah. Um, but 
I just saw one. They're working on Reading Anthracite just out there. 6020, Dragline, all kinds of Stays cool. Stays good. Um, so with that, thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Stay dirty.